Hello everyone, welcome to the Cinema Sword Podcast, where we talk about movies and everything that has anything to do with movies. I am Brooks. I am Chris Doble. And today we just got a couple things we want to talk about. We are going to talk about uh, Disney Plus's latest Marvel series, uh, Hawkeye, which finished airing some time ago. And uh, two movies, American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story, and... Scream Five, yeah, it's it's officially just called Scream, I believe, but yeah. it's, it's Scream Five, just yeah. so there's no confusion. Yeah. So let's start off with with Hawkeye. All right, Chris, you start. What did you think? Uh, I overall liked it. Um, it's not my favorite out of the uh, Disney Plus Marvel stuff that we have gotten. Uh, number one is still WandaVision, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um. But I did enjoy it. Um, I liked the Christmas setting. I thought it was fine. Um, I really loved Kate Bishop. I loved to see uh, that we got Yelena back into the Marvel uh, MCU again. Um, And I'm excited for, if they do a season two, the friendship between those two. I really enjoyed those two. Um, And I really liked Clint's... uh, story arc in this um i think that uh the fact that he is hearing impaired mm-hmm. was uh a pretty good pretty good you know character development in that in that sense um i like that he was still kind of dealing with the uh death of natasha and how that kind of played into everything and um yeah, we got to introduce Kingpin to the mix, which uh, that's probably the weakest point in my in my review. Uh, even though it was cool to see Kingpin back, uh, Vincent D'Onofrio's back, um, I thought they could have handled him better. I thought they also could have just showed that he was back, but not, and then kind of take him out of it and have him just be a presence, like a like a shadowy presence, rather than involved because um i feel like the kate bishop fight and the uh kingpin fight was very uh just didn't seem believable to what i know as kingpin to be Mm -hmm. from the netflix daredevil yeah um so that that's kind of the weak spot but i guess i i understand why they have to go down that route because this is on disney plus and not netflix but i hope they will do him better later on Mm mm-hmm depending on if they do go more adult with stuff, uh, which uh, from rumors, it seems like if they do go adult Marvel stuff, um, it will most likely be on Hulu than Disney plus. But Mm. if that's the case, then great. That's fine. I just want the, uh, terrifying Kingpin back. Yeah. Darker, edgier, more complex, believable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm glad he's in the MCU. I'm black. Mm-hmm. I'm glad it's uh, Vinny Danoff back. And yep. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I really have about it. Yeah, I I liked this series overall. I liked Hawkeye overall for the most part. It was pre- it was very fun to watch most of the time. Um, I can't say I loved it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really, I'm, I'm with you on a lot of your pros. Uh, I, I did like the Christmas setting as well. I thought it was, it was a uh, very, I thought it was very fun half mm-hmm. the time and Clint's entire journey. You're right. The whole hearing impaired thing he struggles with is it's a new, interesting thing he has. Yeah. It's always nice when a character has an interesting quirk or just something about them that makes them. A lot more interesting. The fact that Clint is hearing impaired adds another layer of depth to his character, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Now, and I liked how he approached the um, the Avengers memorial plaque, and he took his hearing aid out just so he could like enter a quiet, a, a more quiet space, and he spoke to Nat. Yeah, that was that was a nice scene. I liked. Um, now, and I loved Kate Bishop. I really did like her character. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked her and Clint's quick banter uh, with each other. I liked yeah. their. Uh, I liked how they bonded. I'm really excited to see how things go moving forward with her character in the MCU. Um, 
And yeah, Yelena was nice. It was nice to see Yelena back. And I, and she, it's funny just to see her talk to people. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really enjoyed a lot of her and Kate's interactions. And I'm not that crazy about, you know, her and Clint's confrontation at the end. Mm-hmm. I think that could have been handled a little bit better. I'm not saying it was bad. Just saying, like, I think it could have been, it could have been done better. Right. But... I also don't think Yelena, with all due respect, due respect to the character, I like the character. She's essentially replacing Black Widow. Right. And that's fine with me. I like her. Um, but I felt like she almost had no place in this story or she had like no right being here or it, she should have been saved for later. Maybe I don't know. I felt like putting her into the mix was a little too much, even though I liked seeing her. And I did mm-hmm. like that bit of her in the when she went to the bathroom and then we got to see the, what, what, what the five year thing was like. Yeah. It was like, it was like a second. Yeah. That was, that was, it, that was amazing. Yeah. That was cool. I really liked that, that effect to show that in the blink of an eye, like it's, it's been five years and yeah. Um, tracksuit mafia was super entertaining. Oh uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not now I, I wanted to like the, um, the Echo character. Okay. I wanted to like her. There, I liked her backstory. I liked her, her backstory, like, you know, the scene with her father. She's a child and, you know, all of that. But then her present day stuff just didn't come off very well, especially at the end. Um, I, now, I've heard that her, uh, there's been talk about that her new Disney Plus series is mm-hmm. people are talking about like it's just a facade. It, it's probably just a really a Daredevil series is what I've heard. Yeah. It's I don't know if any of that's true. No one knows anything yet, but it's it's it, if anything, I think we all we, it's clear that it's definitely going to be Daredevil adjacent. It's going to oh, yeah. be Charlie Cox is is bound to make an appearance in it. I mean, Come on, she kind of fights in a similar manner a little bit. She just relies more on what she sees, and right because her her hearing is completely gone. Yes, and she focuses more on, and she she's actually a, allowed that to. She didn't she kind of tell Clint like you have a hearing aid, and if if you didn't rely on that as much, you'd actually be a better fighter or something. Yeah, there was something like that. Yeah, she, so I felt uh, like she's like Daredevil, but opposite kind of. She yeah. relies more on her sight. Only and Daredevil relies more on like what he hears. Yeah, she relies on sight and like feeling because that's like vibrations and stuff. Yes, uh, without hearing, she can sense more vibrations and, yeah. and whatnot. She can feel things around her more uh, now since um, noises don't distract her. So yeah. that just as Daredevil's sight doesn't distract him, he can hear and feel vibrations as well. So yeah, yeah it's. Yeah, so all of her other senses have been heightened like his, except instead of sight, she lost hearing. Yeah. So that's, I'm interested in seeing how that goes for her, for this kind of character going forward. I just don't like how she came off in the show. And I don't care for that little, that, that end thing we saw with her and Kingpin. Um, I don't know what they're trying to make me think, but I don't know. I don't really care. I just thought it was stupid. Yeah, I'm right we're with you about King. Speaking of Kingpin, it was nice to see Vincent D'Onfrio back mm-hmm. in the role. I felt like as far as his performance, his the way he spoke, his lines, I felt like he hasn't missed a beat with his character. Yeah, yeah. It's only been a couple of years, but still, it was like it was like he just finished season three Daredevil yesterday. Yeah. That's how good he that's how good it is. And but it's what really sucks is where they messed up with him was his costume design and his the the way they utilized him in the story the writer yeah um i'm with you there i <coughs> i think he should have just been a shadowy presence yeah i really and maybe only even only relegated to a, a, a an end credit scene at the end of the show mm-hmm. but they put him in the very last episode and yeah, the fight between him and Kate Bishop is—it's something out of a Saturday morning cartoon, if you ask me. It comes off that way. It's very—I um, mean, 
I like how they 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 still kind of made it clear like like you know there's no way she could beat him hand to hand. She had to use the trick arrows to beat him. Yeah, but still, um, get hit by a car. Having just just everything that happened to him at the end there, it just felt insulting to his character. <laughs> it's like this guy. I mean, <laughs> I'm not even. Comparing him directly to, to Netflix's Daredevil, yeah. Even though that's e- easy, it's easy to do that. But like, I don't remember Kingpin being that much of a hands-on character in the comics. Even mm-hmm. I always felt like you always had a bunch of henchmen you had to get through before you even had to deal with him. But at the end of the this episode of Hawkeye, the the, the last episode of Hawkeye, he he almost like involves himself directly. In the finale, and I felt like he didn't have to. Yeah, but he does, and I'm just like, why is this? Why are you endangering yourself like this? You, like, this is not. I don't know. I I I I don't understand why uh, Kate's mom is so important to him that he's gonna go and 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 like uh, and physically abduct her and re- not let her leave leave him or whatever. It made no sense to me. Yeah, because didn't she already pay off whatever yeah. her husband owed him? Yeah, she paid, and then some. Yeah. And they've had a very prosperous relationship, but I don't understand. But Kingpin doesn't seem like the kind of guy that would, um, like, go go as far as what doing what he did at the end to try to keep her on board. Like, that just, I don't know. It, it was I felt like that was not the right way to go with him. I felt like he'd be a bit more suave about it. Uh, if yeah. anything, he sends guys to get you. Right. You don't deal with Kingpin unless he's the only piece left on the bo- on his board. Yeah, that's how I. That's what I feel. Unless you get through all his other people, then he's the last guy left standing. He's the hardest piece to take down because you know he is who he is. But he's not going to openly put himself on the front line. If you yeah. know what I'm saying, like I don't. Yeah, I, didn't I mean, agree he with told that. that other guy to go deal with Echo first. Yeah. yeah. So and I kind of. A lot of people are saying, like, so what? Does Kingpin only have tracksuit mafia in this version of his character? I don't think so. I think he sh- he should have other organizations at his bidding. I mean, he's uh-huh. the kingpin. He's not just the king. He's not just the king of the tracksuit mafia. He's the kingpin of the entire criminal underworld of New York. That's kind of what he's supposed to be. Yeah. So, but they made it seem like he doesn't have anyone else. They made it seem like the tracksuit mafia was it. Um. Otherwise, why would he be there directly? I don't know. The writers just wanted to do a fight with him and Kate Bishop. That was not the right way to go, if you ask me. I don't think they should have done that at all. But yeah, yeah. I, I, Vincent was great in his performance. It was just the way he was used in the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, they really dropped the ball with him. And I honestly, I, I really just want, kind of want to look at Feige and be like, bro, what were you thinking? <laughs> Well, how could you sign off on this? Because I, honestly, like Vincent, I feel like Vincent D'Onofrio was born to play Kingpin. I've recently been revisiting Daredevil season one, mm-hmm. and I've just watched a couple episodes of him as a character, and it just it just reminded me how good he was, or how good he is as a character. And I'm just like, this guy's amazing as Wilson Fisk, and the way they utilized him at the end of Hawkeye. To me, was insulting. I was, I was honestly offended by it. I'm not kidding. I'm so mad about it. Oh man! And I hope I'm with you. I'm with you in the fact. I hope they do him better going forward. She didn't kill him at the end. Yeah, no way. If, if, and if they did, if that's how he ends in the MCU, shame on them. Yeah, I mean, if That's, we do find out that he is, in fact, dead, then, yeah, I would be more disappointed. I don't think they did. I mean, no. especially since they cut away. Yeah. I, I think at the beginning of Echo's Disney Plus series, they're going to, like, he'll have, like, he'll, it'll either hit his um, his uh, his suit, which is armored, mm-hmm. or he'll knock the gun away and then, like, they'll have a fight or something. I don't know. Or maybe, maybe she will shoot him in... He'll survive. I don't know. This is this is supposed to be a stronger kingpin in, in, in the sense in the sense that he is more like comic book strong. Yeah, clearly. I mean, he got hit by a car and he got up. Yeah, and um, survived an explosion. Yeah, up um, front. Yeah. 
So, and, and Vincent has said so himself in an interview, like the only difference about this guy is that he's just much stronger. Mm-hmm. He's much stronger. But as far as like the actual character and the way I'm playing him, I'm pretty much playing him the same as far as that goes. But like he is just a lot more physically tougher and stronger. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to kill him off. And they, they better not. Yeah. Uh, not this soon. Um, but I don't know yet. But overall, I mean, Hawkeye was a fun show to watch, but the last episode just leaves... The, okay, here's the thing for me. When it comes to stories, whether I'm reading them or watching them, you got to hit that ending just right. The ending has to be good. You got to stick the landing, whether it's good or great, whatever. Mm-hmm. As long as the ending is suitable to the story you just watched, and you're just like, that was... The way everything built up to it, that was a good ending. I liked it. It all made sense. Yeah. Um, when you foul up an ending, some people say, oh, but getting there was so good. It's like, you know, you watch a TV show, and all the seasons are good, and then the final season sucks. And everyone, it, for me, that ruins every, that ruins all of it. I have no desire to go back and watch the entire show because I know that I'm built on... I'm journeying towards an awful ending. Mm-hmm. And since Hawkeye gave me a pretty uh, unsatisfactory ending, um, at least partially with what was going on with like the bad guys and everything, yeah, um, I have no in- I have no interest in going back and watching this show. Um, hell, I barely have any interest in going back and watching Loki, and uh, but I liked Loki more than I liked this. Mm-hmm. Um, like. I might go back and revisit Loki because the first episode of Loki was really good. I didn't think the episodes typically got better and better as they went, to be honest. I really thought the first one was the strongest. But still, it wasn't bad. And I and, and honestly, the ending of Loki kind of left the implications it left the MCU in is pretty interesting. Yeah. And if Loki season two is really good, then I'd be I'd really want to go back and watch Loki season one. Um but and then Falcon Winter Soldier. Really, really good. And like, um, now, a lot of the middle episodes were questionable a little bit with what was going on, mm-hmm. but the ending was amazing. Yeah. And I'll, and because of that, I'll always go back and watch Falcon and Winter Soldier. WandaVision, most of all. WandaVision story. Yeah, one with you. WandaVision is, is their best series so far. And I'm always down to go back and watch WandaVision. Mm-hmm. So, but, but Hawkeye, no. I'm not interested at all in revisiting Hawkeye because it was just underwhelming. It just wasn't it was fun to watch, but to me it's it's a it's a one-off. It's a one it's it's a one-off. I don't have any interest in going back and watching it. The only way I will is if, you know, I ever have whenever I have kids and they get old enough to the point to where they're they, they get into the MCU and they want to watch Hawkeye. I'll, Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe in that circumstance, I will. But I have no interest in revisiting the show intentionally. So yeah. I will add one more thing to the Hawkeye thing. Uh, I got to give high praise to uh, Alakwa Cox, who is the actress for Echo, because mm-hmm. this is her first ever acting gig. Really? Yeah. She was a FedEx worker before this. Mm-hmm. Seriously? Yeah. There was an open net casting call for a athletic Native American woman in her like mid twenties, early twenties or whatever. Mm. It was open casting call so anybody can go. Her friends texted her saying, Hey, this fits you. Like you fit this description. So she went. She got it. The only acting experience she had was a high school play. Well, you know what? With that info just hearing that in that case I, I gotta say I'm impressed too because uh, I, I'm not gonna lie I didn't like her I didn't really like her that much but knowing that this is her first acting gig ever she didn't do bad yeah. if it's her first one she didn't do bad at all it's not yeah. that you know I, in fact uh, if if she can be if, can this is what, if this is what she's like in her first ever you know like you said, the only acting experience she has is like a high school play. Mm-hmm. Then she might actually have some raw talent that needs to be that just needs to be molded. Anyways, so um, we just saw a couple movies last night. Um, 
And the first one we saw was American Underdog. And I got to say, I was pretty impressed with this movie. I was I, I was a little afraid it was going to be underwhelming because of how much I was looking forward to watching it. But I got to say, I was I, I was I, I found myself pleasantly enjoying this and almost getting pretty emotional throughout it. Um, yeah, it, it does a really good job <clears throat> of giving you like, or really just, just teaching you like when life gets you down, you, you can't give up. Oh, you yeah. gotta, you gotta keep pushing. And sometimes you get, you hit those moments where you just don't know if you can, if you'll ever achieve your dream or if you ever like accomplish, you know, this uh, this task or this goal that you have in mind for yourself uh but this movie teaches you like you gotta defy the odds you gotta you just gotta keep going yeah and that was that was that was a big takeaway from the whole movie um zachary levi he i feel like he really nailed it as his character he he, he did a really good job playing kurt warner yeah uh he's definitely got that that athletic build to him He's because didn't you tell me he's like he's like six four? Yeah, he's six four. Good lord, man, guy's tall. That guy's the dude's big. A two. Yeah, the dude's tall. And uh, I was a, the only person I was a little concerned about uh, was Anna Pekin. Okay, yeah. As uh, as Brenda, his wife, but I gotta say she sold it. She was great. Yeah, because I I just haven't seen her in much other than when she was Rogue in the X Men films. Yeah, she's not well. At least in the movies I've seen, I've only seen her in X Men. I think I might have seen her in one other movie that wasn't X Men. I can't remember it, but yeah, she does good. She was good as Brenda. Yeah, but uh, um, man, that boy they got to play the uh, the blind mm, Asian kid. Yeah, Zach. He was, yeah, he uh, man, he he looked he, when they showed us the the footage of what the the actual kid looked like. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, it's like yeah. the exact same. Right. It's impressive. I wonder what they had to do to get the kid to look like that, to make his eyes look like. I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what he looks like. Yeah, but it's not the... Wait, so they, you're saying they, probably, they went and got a kid with the same um, disorder? Yeah. Really? Huh. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not saying that's... I haven't looked it up, but... I wouldn't be surprised. I thought maybe they just did like um, ma- CGI thing. makeup camera trick. Uh, uh-huh. CGI, maybe that's some pretty subtle CGI because it looks very real. I doubt it. I think it's just like a camera trick or a, hell, man. Maybe you're right. Maybe it is. Maybe it is a little bit of CGI play. You remember or, the dog in uh, Hawkeye with the one eye? Yeah, the main dog running. Yeah, around. yeah. His uh, his eye was CGI. His eye. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess they got to the I guess so get I mean, the right team. Yeah, you can. <laughs> I mean, it's just like I don't know. <laughs> when I think of what what movies try to do with with subtly with CGI, mm-hmm. I I'm, the first thing I always think back to is is Henry Cavill's upper lip in <laughs> just in 2017's Justice League. Yeah, that's a bad case of small subtle G- CGI. It's not even subtle. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I thought this movie was going to be completely about um, arena football. Oh yeah. I thought I, I didn't realize that arena football was only a piece of the story, uh, mm-hmm. and how that got him back on, got him noticed and picked up by the Rams. Yeah. It was nice to to see and find because I'm not a big football guy. I don't know a lot about the history of football or players or anything. Um, I like to watch the Super Bowl every every year just for fun, especially if a if a team I am familiar with is playing. Yeah. Um, but this, uh, the story with Kurt Warner, it was really fun. It was really nice to find out about um, how he won the Super Bowl in 2000 at the end of this, uh, that was revealed to us at the end of the movie. Yeah. It's always nice for me to find, to, to learn a little bit of history by watching a film. And that makes me kind of want to look into it. Uh, I always enjoy it when a film does that for me. And this was this was really nice uh, to see that story told here, and I thought it was told very well. Yeah, it's this is a PG film, which I, which is really 
it's a good movie for a PG type film about you know um, being down and hard and I mean me being a football fan for since 2014 I have I've heard the name Kurt Warner didn't know much about him mm-hmm. knew he was a famous quarterback and I had no idea that he wasn't drafted I had no idea that he was working at a supermarket like five years before he got drafted to the to the Rams or picked up by the Rams, not drafted. <coughs> I had no idea about this about his story. Yeah, and then like was it his first game or was it the was it the no, it was not the game. It was it the Super Bowl game, but what game was it at the end where he uh he broke a record and made a like a seventy three yard touchdown? Uh, I believe that was his first with the Rams. That was the first game we saw played at the end. I don't yeah, know. the full, the full. I thought at the, the full uh, scene because I, I thought at the end they uh, they showed the beginning of another game. Oh, and yeah. then they showed that huge, like the actual archival footage of it. Yeah, uh, but then they 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 did a they did a slow transition from uh, the movie version of him to the real version of him. Okay, then that was probably yeah the Super Bowl. That was a Super Bowl game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he uh, he broke a record and then he won the game and then he he achieved his dream. He became the MVP player of the of the, the year that year, right? Yeah, he and became Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, and um, and then uh, you told me you were actually concerned because uh, this movie introduced the factor of uh, and theme of God in it, mm-hmm. and you were afraid it was going to come off as like a, a pure flicks, yeah, film. A pure flicks thing, <laughs> which. No offense to anyone who loves Pure Flix movies. Um, those movies uh, can be very uplifting for people. Yeah. Um, especially if you're a Christian. I mean, I'm a Christian, and I appreciate the messages those movies convey. I, I just don't think they're very good movies yeah. overall. Um, but I, I appreciate what they're trying to say. Uh, that said, this is a pretty good faith-based film. Mm-hmm. And I like I like how uh, God is mentioned sparsely yeah very sparingly is he brought up it's and it's kept very simplistic and there's only like a couple of times where uh kurt warner in the movie actually prays and talks to god yeah and i thought that that was uh very nice that was very it was very nice to keep that very simplistic in there but they wanted to but that was always a big part of what who kurt warner was of course they had to bring that in to honor him Mm -hmm. and I love how um, this movie doesn't lean on that too much, but they it is there, and they do make yeah. it clear like this is a big, it's a big deal. This is a vital part of of why he didn't give up, of why he's of why he held on to hope, and in the end, everything paid off. And so, I'm assuming his wife Brenda is a bit older than him. Yeah, it seems like that. It seems like she's older than him. And uh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> I like I I I liked how she's like, she's just a bit older than him or whatever, and he's just like, and then she's like, I'm divorced and I have kids, and he's just like, I don't care, I dig you, and I like yeah. your kids. So we find out she's you know a marine. Mm-hmm. So that was surprising to me. Yeah. No. That was um. This movie has a lot of surprises in it, and speaking of God, it's like she's you know, I think. She helps Kurt find that faith more because yeah, we does. see her yeah, really it, talk to him more. It's kind of it's it's implied and almost made almost made pretty clear that he's not exactly uh, a believer in God um, until he meets her and because he asks her about it, mm-hmm. and then of course when you love someone that much, you tend to really uh, get behind what they believe in, right. And and he chose like, all right, well, maybe maybe there's something to to this whole thing with God, and he chose to believe in God, and that that is what ended up help, and that did play a vital role in how he was able to turn his life around, and uh, you know, when <laughs> end up playing for the ransom, win the Super Super Bowl. Yeah. I wonder how his. Oh yeah, wait, yeah. What else did they say how his career went for him after that? I don't remember. Uh, he passed Joe Montana, which we find out at the very beginning uh-huh. was his basically his idol. Yeah. Um, he passed Joe Montana's all-time passing record. Yeah. At the time. 
Um, he uh, played he got to the Hall of Fame. Oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, in 2017. 2017, he got inducted to the Hall of Fame. Uh, he played for the Rams, I think, for the most of his career, for his 12-year career. Mm-hmm. He played for the Rams most, but then he played for a couple of years with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Mm. So, um, and they talked a little bit about his his son Zach. That uh, yeah, he's still defying the odds, defying all the odds. He's still like so because the doctor said he'll never walk or talk again, and right. not, and then he is. Yeah. So that's always. And they had more kids afterwards. You know, yeah, they did. They had like seven children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is that five on top of the two Probably. that we saw in the movie, or is it? Yeah, okay. probably. It just depends on how they worded it. If yeah. it said like they had seven more children, then it's I think not. It, but I think, I think it's said, five on top of the two. Yeah. Then. I don't know. Either way, um, that's that's a it's a that's a really cool it's a really cool and inspiring story. Oh yeah, for sure. And this movie is very inspirational, and the fact that it's. Uh, simplistically faith-based is really good in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I feel like if any movie is going to be a is going to choose to be a faith-based movie in any way, it's got to keep it simple. Uh, that way, it reaches more people. Like, yeah, um, I know that a lot of a lot of Christians probably won't agree with that. They're just like, no, you got to preach the Bible, you got to bring up Jesus and all that. Okay, I get it, but if you can just bring up the idea of God, some some simply then it's it'll have a it'll it just impact it's just better for the story and it impacts it impacts people more yeah it doesn't hit people over the head with it no because uh when you start to i mean that's i don't want to dig too much into that yeah but a movie like signs mm-hmm. uh m night Shyamalan's, uh what was it 2002 or four something like that yeah somewhere in there Whenever Signs came out, Signs is a even though Signs features aliens, Signs is a faith based film. And uh, if you go, if anybody doesn't believe me, go back and watch it. It's very mm-hmm. easy to see that. Um, it's a it's a it's a faith based film, but it's very simply faith based. We have no idea if um, Mel Gibson's character is like, is he a Catholic? Mm-hmm. Is he just is does he is he just does he just preach to the Protestants? Or is he Baptist? We don't know. We don't know. All we know is that he's a, all we can tell for sure is that he is some form of a Christian, um, right. of a Christian priest. Everyone calls him you know, father in the movie, but uh, it's made clear that he's not uh, a priest anymore, and it's because his wife. It's because his wife died. Yeah. And then the film slowly it's building uh, it keeps cutting back to the night his wife died and at the end everything is revealed as to why it happened and it just really hits home yeah. with the whole idea of like um you know like do you believe in coincidences or do you believe that everything happens for a reason that's what the whole point of the movie was about and it hits hard it, it, it all all of it comes full circle and it really hits at home at the end it's very powerful and it's a science is a very powerful faith-based film um, and I love how we got another really good one with this movie mm-hmm. uh, with uh, American Underdog. And I was I was concerned this movie was just was going to underwhelm me a little bit. I was interested in seeing it because I do like Zachary Levi. I loved him as Shazam, mm-hmm. and I was I do like watching football movies. So they're always very exciting and fun to watch, and. I was curious to see how good this one was going to be. And I was actually, I think this one actually slightly exceeded my expectations as to how good it was. Yeah, I think so for me too. I really like the, um, the mix between archival footage and oh, filmed yes. footage that we did. Because every time they, they show what's happened, they, they did a lot of where they were cutting back to what was uh, broadcast. Yeah, yeah. And there's only actual games, and they would cut back to like uh, them shooting it yeah. in the movie, and that that was I was I like stuff like that too. They matched it really well, though. Yeah, I thought. They, like did. they would show the actual game on like somebody somebody's TV in the film, and somebody got tackled, and they filmed it as if that like it actually happened that that way for the film. Something that kept bugging me about nice. his uh, his <clears throat> his shirt is that. In the first, his first official game for the Rams, the main one we saw at the end, mm-hmm. before they went into uh, the Super Bowl game and everything, um, he looks like he has something poking out of his his jersey. What is that? 
Did really. you notice that? Uh, it's like right here. I probably didn't notice it then. It was bugging me. I was just Not like, really. is there something in there? Like, uh, I, I was assuming like that's how that's exactly how it, how he looked. I don't know if there's something he's keep. I don't know what it was. Yeah, I was just one. I was I wondering if they were going it. to reveal what it was, but they didn't. I have no. But uh, there was something. It, it looked like he had something lodged on mm-hmm. his um his his chest pad. Hmm. I don't know what. I, I'd I have to look again. I'd have to look at it like a trailer or something. See. What I don't know what find. that was, um, but eh, that's whatever. I was just wondering if you knew what it was, but no. American Underdog, <coughs> very good movie. Very good. It's um. I'm trying to think. It's definitely an eight. It might be higher though. I see an eight for me. Well, uh, and then the, and then the, the next movie we saw was uh, Scream Five. Yeah, we buried the lead. We actually did a double feature. Yeah, we, we saw did. American Underdog we first. Saw, then we saw Scream. We did a double feature last night because we wanted to see both these movies. The, yeah. the whole thing was is that we were both more interested in seeing American Underdog. Mm-hmm. But I told you that it would be really good for us to go see Scream since it had just come out. Yeah, and, and I mean, I had heard good things about was, Scream. Yeah, so. I, I totally, I, I like you, like last month thought this movie's probably gonna suck. But yeah, I'll go see it because I'm, a, I'm, I've watched these movies since I was a kid. Yeah, uh, and I'm curious. I just want to see how this one goes. Um, but then uh, yeah, we started hearing that there's there's some positive word of mouth going around with the early screenings. People were saying Scream is actually pretty. Scream Five is actually pretty good. Yeah. So, uh, even though we both wanted to go see American Underdog more, we were interested in seeing Scream Five, and it was just releasing. We we're just like, we should go see this just because it's about to come out. Yeah. Now, I don't know where I place it. I've seen all the Scream movies. I haven't seen them recently. I'm I I mostly remember the first one, of course, because I think that's the one I've seen the most. Yeah, I remember the second one pretty well, but three and four are fuzzy for me. I remember the ending of three. I kind of remember how the finale went. Four, I remember some parts of four, but not a lot. And this one, I think it was pretty creative and innovative in what it was trying to do. I'm not saying it did anything bad. I'm not. I just don't know how it measures up to the quality of the previous films, especially the... I think the first one is always going to be the best. Right. Um, But this one... I don't know. I I can't say if the quality of the movies declined or not. I have to go back and... I really have to go back and revisit them. Because I think I saw Scream 4 when it came out, which was 10 years ago. And so it's been a while for me with that one. Um, but we are about to go into spoilers uh, yeah. here. So you've been warned you haven't seen Scream 5 yet because there is something really big that happens in it. Yeah, it's basically a whodunit. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, well, more like who got it. <laughs> If you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to, yeah, we're about to give away a big spoiler. So you've been warned. Five, four, three, two, one. Yeah, Dewey dies. <laughs> Dewey kicks the bucket. Wow, finally. I I was very split on this. On the one hand, I was like, this gives the movie a lot more impact and weight. On the other hand, it really sucked that Dewey died. Because mm-hmm. he was such a longtime survivor of the series. But I felt like if you were going to bring Scream back again and do another film, it wouldn't have been worth it if you weren't going to kill off any of the legacy, any of the legacy characters. As they, as they put it. They actually use that term right. in the movie. Yeah. If you weren't, weren't going to kill off one, one of the old school legendary characters, it probably wouldn't be worth retreading or, or continuing the franchise. Yeah. And uh, Dewey dying... It always pisses me off when somebody dies and it's just because they got distracted for a split second. Because mm-hmm. he, he's about to kill, he's about to shoot them in the head and then his phone rings. I mean, uh, I don't know. There's a, Scream, the Scream movies have always had like questionable, like could somebody really get up that fast and kill someone like that when that person has a gun trained on them? 
Yeah. There's always been things like that done in the screen films where it's just like, what, what is the actual likelihood of someone doing that or pulling that off? Uh, the, the sequels have had that issues. I don't think the first movie had issues like that, really. But now that Dewey's about to double tap the killer in the head <laughs> and then his phone goes off. And then, it, and then we see, and then the, the killer took that moment and stabbed him. Yeah. And we see that the phone, who was calling, who was calling him? Was Gail. Gail. God, Gail. She got, Damn. she got him killed in the end. The thing is, is that it really sucked to, to see Dewey go because I just remember all the times he got hurt in the previous films and he still survived. He was a, he was a, he was a survivor. Yeah. And I still remember there was this great part in the second film where he, uh, where the killer got him and uh, there was, Gail was in the, was on the other side of a glass. It was like, she was, it was like a sound recording room. He was on one side, she was on the other and they had the glass between them and then um, Dewey got stabbed and then they had this moment where she was just like, no, and like, I still remember that. That's like my favorite moment between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked Gail and Dewey's on again, off again relationship. Like, are they going to stay together or are they not? Um, I liked how they, they had a quick scene where they explained why they aren't together. Yeah. yeah. And that was, that was nice to see. I kind of wish they had a bit more interaction in the film. I can't, I don't, I don't think this movie did everything very well i don't know it's like in i'm talking about the way they treated the legacy characters how they brought them in and killed them off or whatever mm-hmm. um i felt like they treated dewey's death as well as they could have i mean the killer does say it was an honor yeah <laughs> it's an it's an honor to have killed you yeah uh i liked how they treated him like that they were just like you, sir, are a survivor, but I got you. It's an yeah. honor to have killed you. I liked how they, they gave him that. Um, I really thought that that I, it was in the trailer. What really made me want to go see this movie was that one shot of Dewey walking down the hall as he's, re, as he's reloading his gun. Mm-hmm. I always thought that looked awesome. I was yeah. just like, Dewey going to kick some ass. <laughs> so that's what really got me excited to see this movie because he's my favorite character. And so it, it kind of it really sucked to see him go. Yeah. He's one of my favorite characters, if not my absolute favorite character. Um, okay, so that part where they, uh, where Gail and Sydney show up to the to the house, and they got guns. They both have guns. Yeah. And that one girl comes out, and she's all crying and whatever. But we already know she's the killer. Right? Yeah. And uh, they're like, "What do you think?" And Gail's like, "Trap." <laughs> and then. I didn't really like what happened next. The girl is like, screw this, fires off a shot, hits Gail in the gut. I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? What I was really hoping would have happened is if um, Gail and Sydney had uh, just lit her up and then (laughs) just just blown her ass away like that and then just double-tapped her ass and then reloaded their guns. Mm -hmm. And that would have been satisfying. However, we probably wouldn't have gotten as, uh, as good of a finale that we that we did. Yeah. Um, because how that girl goes out was pretty funny. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was great. How that girl actually went out was pretty funny. Um, plus, I do like how the end, the ending, the, how the everything plays out with the killers in the kitchen and everything. It, it's very reminiscent of the first film. Mm-hmm. Incredibly reminiscent, especially how the tables turn. It makes, it, it, it reminded you so much of the first film. But at the same time, it was different. And it was, that to me was beautifully done. And I loved how at the end, uh, I love the main girl, Sam. Yeah. Played by uh, Melissa Barrera. She, um, I loved her whole, I loved how she was uh, the illegitimate daughter of Billy from the first film. Mm -hmm. I loved how like she, she has these like psycho, She's a little psychotic in the head to where she like sees her father. Oh yeah. Even though um, that almost doesn't make sense. Oh wait, no, it kind of does because 
Because of the movie, she roughly knows what he looks like. You're right. She roughly knows kind of what he looks like or whatever. Maybe And maybe that's a kind of like a good way of uh, why he looks the way he does. Because he doesn't exactly look like Billy. Mm-hmm. Which I wanted to ask, is that the same actor just CGI'd up to look younger? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think he so. looks a lot like Billy, but it's not... Uh, you can kind of tell in the face when somebody's yeah. kind of CGI'd yeah, to look yeah. younger. Um, but honestly, the even though he doesn't look exactly how he did back mm-hmm. in the first movie, the if you put it in the context of her mind and her most likely probably not knowing what he actually looked like, but her seeing the her seeing stab the stab movie. She probably has what what the actor who plays the character sees like that, and she knows where her dad looks like. She probably has like a melded version of the two in her head. Yeah, and that could really explain away, like why he kind of looks like himself but doesn't. Yeah. So like, I think that's a that's just a pretty good excuse to give it. Yeah, maybe. Um, I liked how at the end she does in her boyfriend who turned out to be the killer. Yeah, Jack Quaid got us all. I was thinking, like, is it him? No. And then it is. And I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. They had a lot of fun with, like, a who is it? Yeah. I mean, that's basically what it is. Yeah. Who is it? Have you done it? That's always been the fun of the Scream movies is who is the killer. And they've always done a pretty good job of surprising us. Yeah. With with people. Uh, Because they always make the killer a very likable character, Mm -hmm. typically. Um. For instance, uh, in Scream 2, Timothy Oliphant's in that movie. He plays one of the killers. And his character was very funny, very likable, and very supportive of the main cast, especially Sidney's boyfriend in the movie. Mm-hmm. And so when he tried to be one of the killers, you're just like, oh, shit. But then again, you're at the same time, you're just like, I don't know. Like, you had no problem with him being the killer, but at the same time, because of how likable he came off as a character and how much he wasn't exactly he was played off very much as a side character he wasn't focused on too much so you didn't think about him a lot and then so when he came up as a killer at the end you're just like oh that guy huh didn't didn't think of that and so a lot of the killers in the screen movies are are guys but then uh i thought to myself they want me to think that it's probably girls this time around Mm -hmm. or it's a girl or it's a girl and a guy who is it right and then I was, I of course was looking at the um, the athlete first. They did a lot of things to really set that up. Oh yeah, to make you think it was him, because once the the loser biker or not biker, but once the loser thug dude yeah. comes in and hit on his girlfriend because they had a fling a previous year, um, what happens in the following scene? That he gets killed. Right. Um, but then you could, then you can think, well, maybe the killer did that so that they could point to him make you right. think it was him and it was just a back and forth like who is it like is it could it be this person could it be that person and there's so many moments where you think like that moment with those two girls are in the basement together and they're going back and forth it's just yeah. like which one you when are you, when are you yeah. <laughs> you're just waiting like one of them is going to kill the other one and then they don't the movie did a lot of that it did a lot of flirting or flirting with us yeah with like when's the killer going to come out when's the killer going to come out and they, they knew it too yeah like that entire tease of a scene where that boy is walking around the yeah, kitchen fixing Wes. himself some stuff and you know something's going to happen and I thought are they going to play this out fully to where nothing happens nah come no. on I mean they even did the music cues yes close the doors nothing nothing yeah. but it kept going yep kept going Duh, nothing <gasps> nothing yeah uh, nothing <laughs> like usually in old in older films like they do it once or twice and then on the third or fourth on the second or third time they get you yeah, yeah. but this time they did it like what five times and then nothing happened yeah yeah it was kind of fun yeah it was, it was funny it i thought it was funny how that kid was like so prepared pepper spray and taser and then like he gets done in right yeah in his own house granted you always feel safe in your house yeah so like that's if someone's in your house, like that's the time to get you. Um, but I remember, I think it was in Scream Two. I think I think Scream Two had one of the first daylight attack scenes. Mm. And to me, as a kid growing up watching these movies, that was terrifying to me. I was, mm-hmm. I'm not even safe during the day. 
Because to me, it's like nighttime is when you're supposed to be scared. That's when the killers come out. But right. to me, it's like, they can come at me during the day? That's not fair. Yeah. 24-7. <laughs> yeah. But now, this movie was a lot of fun. Um, before I talk anymore, what were your favorite parts about it or what didn't you like about it? Um, I mean, I had fun with this movie as well. I liked all the uh, banter between the the family, or not the uh, not the family, the friends group. Um, I liked the sister dynamic between Sam and uh, Tara. Um, I guessed the first killer, which was the girl, mainly because. Um, when Tara's in the hospital after she gets stabbed, mm-hmm. she's really eyeing Sam down, like "Why the fuck are you here?" type of, type of thing, and you can tell that she hates her, and she kind of she got I think she says this where she's like, "Well, I'm here for Sam. That's why we're best friends or whatever. I'm here to protect her, and you you weren't basically." And I thought they were gonna play into that more at the end. Hence why I thought that's why she kept her alive was to kind of at the end be like, oh, well, see, this is why I let you live. And this is why I'm more protective than your sister. And that's why your sister has to die and stuff like that. Mm. But that didn't happen, which is which is fine. But I thought that would have came around to that. Um, But the second killer, I had no idea. I had no idea there was going to be a second killer until they mentioned it. And I was like, okay, well, then. Who's that going to be? I thought it was another girl. But, uh... Did you, um... Did you see, uh... Have you seen any of the Scream films? Or all of them? I've seen one. The first is, Yeah, sorry. I've seen the first one. Yeah. I think... I think the only one that may have only featured one killer... I don't know. I could be wrong on this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really going off in memory. And I haven't seen this film in years and years. I mean years. <laughs> yeah. Um... I think Scream 4 had two. Mm-hmm. I think it had two because I believe there's a gr- I believe the girl at the end who turned out to be the killer she was like a, a very end like they all thought the conflict was over they thought they got the killer but then turns out she's actually the second killer she was yeah. a secret second killer they didn't know about it was a surprise twist at the end if I remember if I remember correctly and then they uh, they had to deal with her at the end um, but scream and then of course scream one and two had two killers mm-hmm. scream three I could be wrong. I think that might be the only one that only had one killer. Because hmm. I remember there was, I, I do remember the one killer. I remember the one guy at the end. I don't remember if there was a second killer or not. I don't think there was. I could be wrong. There could be another killer. I'm not remembering correctly, but. Right. Scream 3, I think, might be the only one that had a one killer only. Yeah. And I did like some of the meta stuff, but there are some times where it got too meta for me. Yeah, that w- they were riding the line yeah. a lot with that. I think I think all I think it uh, almost completely worked for me. I think with like you they they kind of they may have treaded over that line a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh but for the most part they walked on it pretty well. I feel like. And I feel like that's not a bad idea to go for in in, in this day and age. Um but I think it was kind of funny how they want to create their own amazing ending. Yeah. And then I loved how she said, you never fuck with the, the daughter of a serial killer. And yeah. then she, she killed, and then she starts, oh man, how many times she stabbed the shit out of him? Yeah. I was like, how is he not dead? And he's just like, wait, wait, what about my ending? <laughs> and then she's like, here it comes. Slits his throat. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wow. It was, it was, very barbaric how many times she was stabbing it, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it was glorious. Yeah. Because knowing that she kind of had that in her or that she feared she had that in her because of her dad, um, she just held that she had all this built up tension inside of her yeah. and she was able to unleash it, but she had found a good outlet. She had found a justified outlet to unleash all of that. Yeah, for sure. And maybe that's, but, uh, and may, maybe, maybe this is all, maybe that's all she needed to help get over that. Um, and to help her deal with uh, that struggle with uh, her fearing that she'll be a serial killer like her, a serial killer like her father or maybe this is just the first step <laughs> right. yeah. maybe scream six Sam will be the will be a killer I don't know Who knows? Um, 
honestly, do they need to make a sequel to this? No. Yeah. Could they? Yes. Will I go see it? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll probably go see it just, just, just because I think these movies are always fun. Um, I don't think any of them are bad. Not even the fourth one. I don't remember the fourth one being that bad at all. I, I remember when I when I watched it, I liked it. Mm. I don't now. Maybe I'll feel. Maybe I'd feel differently if I watched it now. But I yeah. saw it when it first came out, and back in 2011, I believe. And uh, I just I just remember liking it, and I, I think I've liked all of them, mm. and I liked this one. Uh, this was a lot of fun. Dewey. Dewey was Dewey had some awesome moments. He had a he had a heck man. He had a they made sure they did him in. He got in the front and the back. Yeah. Real good. And I thought, what else are they gonna do? But then that was it. I was just like, man. Dewey's I don't I don't know. I feel like Dewey's Dewey send off to me, it's it's the one thing I'm. I have very mixed feelings about, very mixed feelings mm-hmm. because I love this character so much, but it made sense that he would eventually get get killed off, especially as these movies went on. Yeah, he's the one who always continues to get hurt, and you only have so many lives left, and this was it for him. Yeah. I had a pretty bad feeling when he stepped off the <laughs> elevator. Yeah, and she says, "Dewey, who cares?" He's like, "I do." Elevator doors closed. I'm just like, oh fuck, is he gonna die? Yeah. And then sure enough, it happened. And yeah. I was like, you know, but then they on they they honored him. It's an honor. Yep. That I was like, yeah, but that's the thing. Like when you have a when you have movies like this, and you make more of them, and you bring in the old legacy characters, and they come back again and again. Eventually, one of them's gotta get killed off, and it only made sense that it'd be Dewey. Yeah. It, it made sense that it'd be Dewey. Now, what really sucks is that we just, I just, I just kind of wish we'd had more Gale and Dewey interaction. I just kind of wish we'd had more of that. Yeah. Um, it was nice that we got the little bit that we had. Also, I thought they did a damn good job. Um, really short, uh, showcasing Courtney Cox, especially since she has, you know, plastic surgery done to her face, mm-hmm. which I feel like she's been looking better and better over the years. When she first got it years ago, yeah, it oh, looked rough. It looked rough. It didn't look that good. But I felt like she's been, uh, she must have she she has to have been either subtly working on it to make it look better, or she's just she's just been living it alone. Yeah, and maybe uh-huh. it's and it, maybe it's been settling in nicely. I have no idea, nor do I even care that much. All I know is that she actually looked pretty good in this movie, uh, considering. That she really had a lot of work done on her face. Mm-hmm. Um, she was clearly trying to look as young as she did back in the days for, for friends. Right. I don't know why she did that. There are times where, like, she looks really good from certain angles and other angles she doesn't that much. But this movie, she almost the entire time looked just fine. Mm-hmm. I was very impressed that they were able to um, make her look as good as she did. Yeah. And... I thought I feel like uh, the actress who played, um, uh, I don't know her name, but the actress who plays Sydney, oh, she's um, the one person. Yeah, I, don't yeah. know, I don't know her name. She has aged pretty well. Yeah, she looks almost not too much far off from what she looked like in Scream One. Yeah, and uh, David Arquette, he hasn't had a very he hasn't had a very prosperous career in Hollywood that I. I don't know. I don't know if there's any like really small budget movies he's done that are really good. I only yeah. really know him for the Scream films and for um, oh, what was that movie he did with the FBI dog uh, Spot or something? Yeah, something like that. I don't remember. Do you know? Do you know what I'm talking about? I mean, it sounds familiar. It's a really. It's a. But I don't. It's a kind of. I don't know. I think I, it's one of the. You, you did you ever have a movie growing up? That you admitted, I probably watched this too much. It's not that great, but I I enjoy watching it. Oh yeah, this was one that that was one for me. I it was either called C Spot Run or it was just called Spot. C Spot Run sounds like something. I think it's called C Spot Run or something. Um, but yeah, it's it's uh, David Arquette's in it, and it's about an F. It's it's about a, a do- an FBI trained dog 
and um it's it's just really funny mm-hmm. it's it's just a funny film he did and uh it's the only other film i really know him from but i mostly know him from the scream films and i think these were like the films he shined in most yeah and um it's just sad to see his character gone now that said uh jack quaid i had no idea that the guy who played Richie in this also same guy from um the 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 evil superhero show uh lo, uh the, the the boys oh yeah he plays the kid in the boys mm. um he um i had no idea that this 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 guy was actually related to Dennis Quaid yeah i, I mean until i saw his last name Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, now I see it. Now it's I see the smile. You see the smile, and I'm yeah. just like, wait a minute. Really? Oh, man, I had no idea. But, man, he is. It's in that smile, man. He is pretty good. I'm liking I'm liking this guy. I, I can't wait to see what Jack, what, what more Jack Quaid does for us in the future. Yeah. Um, Melissa Barrera, like I said, she plays Sam very well. She was also uh, Vanessa in In the Heights. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, she's very beautiful, clearly talented. Um I heard she got this part without auditioning. Really? Yeah. She the um, full story, but I really liked her in the Heights. I mm-hmm. liked her in this. I'm excited to see what more she gives us later on. But if there is one girl who I think has some like real acting chops and I think has quite the future ahead of her, she plays her cards right, it's Jenna Ortega as Tara. Yeah. She was in season two of you as uh, the girl that um at the apartment complex. Yeah, she's a daughter. She, that back and forth that her and Melissa had in their characters in the mm-hmm. hospital when whenever they're at, whenever she opened up to her about well that I'm not really like my father was really this person like he was really Billy so I'm not even really your sister but this is why all this happened and everything they're having yeah. that, oh, that was one of the best scenes in the movie when mm-hmm. she revealed all of that and then this camera goes back and forth between Melissa and Tara and they're both emotional. And this is where it's like, and whenever characters are emotional and they're crying, this is where actors really get to show how good they are at acting. Yeah. Um, they both did very well. Melissa was really good, and so was Tara. But if we had to put a, if we had to make it a competition, Tara won. Yeah. Uh, Jenna, Jenna Ortega won because oh my god, every time the camera came back to her, the emotion, and her face and her acting was. 10 out of 10. It was yeah. on point, and I was impressed. I was like, wow, girl, you can act. Yeah. So she was my favorite part of the film. I liked how she was the uh, she was the winning factor in the end. Uh, like she became the wild card at the end of, at the end of the film. Yeah. I, I really and it, I liked how she became like an underdog. She was crippled. I loved I loved her struggle. I'm so glad she didn't die. Yeah. I totally thought they were gonna kill her in the beginning. I'm so glad she didn't like so because they because they did that because they gave us they sub, they subverted her expectations and didn't kill her and she ends up being one of the victors at the end that actually makes it a pretty good movie if you ask me. Yeah. Better than probably better than 3 and 4 for sure. Maybe even 2. But it's that de- and honestly when you put the, when you take that aspect and put it into play it puts it a little on par with Scream 1. It really does. I mean, you think about it. Yeah. Because Jenna Ortega elevates this movie a lot. She's really good. And I am... She's probably one of my new favorite young actresses working today. And I am honestly very excited to see what she does in the future. Very excited. Yeah. But um, this this is a very solid movie. Um, it's, it's definitely a seven. Maybe an eight because of just how good the Melissa... And Jenna are in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really I liked it a lot. I think it's worth checking out if you're a hardcore Scream fan. Yeah, if you're a hardcore Scream fan, you'll probably dig this one a lot. Yeah, it's really good. Um, yeah, I had fun with it. Um, I'm pretty sure Wes Craven would have been proud of what they did. Did he do the first one? Mm-hmm. I, I'm about to, man, Wes Craven, man. This is the same guy that did Nightmare on Elm Street, right? Yep. Damn. Yep, yep. 
I was actually. Did I, you notice uh, that there was there's a shot of I guess the sheriff driving down or somebody driving down? There's a sign that said Elm Street. Really? Yeah. <laughs> ah, I almost want to go back and watch it again now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nice. That's like. That's nice. That's that is nice. nice. Nightmare, nice Street. man. We gotta talk about that. We we gotta do a podcast on Nightmare on Elm Street, right? <laughs> but I will say, I did enjoy this one way more than Halloween Kills. <laughs> oh yes, God, <laughs> Halloween Kills. How man? How could you be such a disappointment? <laughs> Good lord, they better pick it up with that third one. Yeah, I don't know what they were thinking with this second one. I have no idea. <laughs> I can only imagine like the the studio. He went back to the studio, showed them a screening of the movie, and they were just like, "Is this supposed to be intentionally hilarious?" No, this is like super serious and dark and scary. Oh, <laughs> should we tell them? No, it's just ask me more. Yeah, all right, release it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just, they just whisper to themselves like, "Should we tell him?" No, we're not gonna spend any more money. <laughs> no, we're we're spent. No, no, it's good lord, man. But no, this Scream Five, it's it's surprisingly pretty good. Definitely go check it out. Yeah, um, I think that's all we got for you guys. I mean, this is officially our technically our first podcast of 2022. So I hope uh, all of y'all are having a good start to the new year. If not, um, I hope it gets better. It's only January. Hopefully yeah, we, can. we we kind of like ran it. We got the holidays threw us off, and we have like a couple episodes that are backlogged. And um, like I said, the holidays kept us pretty busy, but we're working on getting back on track and and trying to get to round to a just a weekly release of an episode. Uh, so bear with us. Hopefully, um, yeah. I mean, if you're keeping on. If you're an avid listener, you'll notice that two podcasts have probably come out uh, in the same week. So, and w- one of those is obviously the uh, the backlogged one. So, yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll we can try to get this to where we can keep uploading weekly. If not weekly, then hopefully uh, biweekly. Biweekly, that might be. Um, yeah, this might have to be a biweekly thing. We're both, but our schedules don't always line up because of. Um, Chris's work schedule, right, and um, my my work schedule might might change here in the next couple months, as long yeah. as I'm currently job hunting, and mm-hmm. so you are as well. But, yeah. Uh, so yeah, like we don't have a set in stone schedule yet when it comes to these episodes, but we're working on it. Yeah, uh, we definitely want to get them out um, as quickly as we can. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, Hopefully you um, can go see these movies. If you haven't gone and seen these movies, I don't know why you're still at the end of this podcast because we just pretty much gave everything away for you. Yep. (laughs) But uh, just let us know in the comments what you thought of these, both these movies, what you thought of Hawkeye, if you've seen Hawkeye. And um, don't forget to like and subscribe. It helps us in our algorithm and, you know, boost uh, us up more to hopefully get more listeners and new listeners and stuff like that. So uh, that's it. And we'll see you in the next one. All right. Later, everyone.